Welcome to another time of abundant entrance into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, by the new and living way, consecrated for us into the life within the veil. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith as we hear the word of righteousness with God's servants, Pastor Emeka Egutuku. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. I want to welcome everybody to Epistle Life today. Um, I want to thank God for the grace of God granted to me to be able to broadcast from here. Uh, I, I, I know it's been a time of prayer for us, uh, but it's also a time of word for us. Uh, we've been doing both prayers and also the word because, you know, the scripture talked about we need to give ourselves to to prayer and the ministry of the word. And I want to thank God that we are able to do both at the same time. And also added to the fact that we are fasting. And I'm trusting God that everybody is participating in the fasting and prayer that is going on right now. I want you to know that this is what God demands of us in this season. And as we do it faithfully, everything about God's word and God's intention for us. We are now. I always say this: when we fast, when we pray, it's not as though God is reluctant or that God um, does not want to answer, and so He demands us to do all of that so that to bribe Him to answer. No, uh, He just wants us to also cooperate with Him. In other words, our attention when we fast and when we pray, our attention is together our attention, we draw attention, we bring everything about us together, um, and then we just focus on Him. And focusing on Him, um, the Lord blesses us. You know, it's more, it's more like to say aligning. We align properly. Uh, by so doing, we align. And in aligning, we get ourselves to the point where it will be easier for us to understand what the will God is, even concerning what the things that we are asking, and also know what He will have us do by God's grace. Amen. Because here we, you know, uh, we, we have to cooperate with heaven. We have to cooperate. There's God's side. There's also our own side. You know, He said, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And who will do the will on earth is us. There's a way it is done in heaven, but there is a people that will do the will here on earth. Now, if we don't do the will here on earth, the will will not be done here on earth. So God depends on us and also demands of us to do His will here. And that is one of the things we are stirring ourselves up in the place of prayer to measure up to, to the point where we can do all the will of God. The will of God is that which is revealed to us where we will be able to do all that is revealed to us. I want to welcome everybody. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you this afternoon. Thank you, our Father. Thank you for such a glorious season, a season of visitation. 2022 is a year that you have designed to give us things pertaining to God, things everlasting. We do not take it lightly and we bring praise to you 
Thank you for quickening our hearts. Thank you for raising our understanding. Thank you for bringing us to the place of comprehension. We give you praise. We trust that even today you will open our eyes again and cause us to see what is your will, even that which is documented in the Holy Scripture, in the Scriptures of Truth. Lord, help us. I pray that the spirit of wisdom and understanding will rest upon everyone, that we will understand as we ought to. As we hear, we will understand in the name of Jesus. For me, that utterance might be given unto me to speak as I ought to in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. All right. Uh, let's go to the book of Philippians where we've been looking at. The book of Philippians. We've been um, uh, dealing with the book of Philippians by God's grace. Philippians chapter 2. Amen. Uh, right now we are looking at precisely verse 19. But a little bit of recap, you know, to still help us understand. Uh, we'll not stay long in it because I have just a few moments because time is spent already. Um, last time we, we, we looked at, um, you know, the kind of life that God wants to live. And that's the life that the epistle actually projects. That's the life of Christ. A life of sacrifice. And a life that also will become a drink offering that will be poured out upon the sacrifice of uh, the people that we are sent to. Praise God. Uh, everything about our life, everything about uh, the life that Christ teaches us is a life of sacrifice. In other words, is a life of denial. In other words, if you want to really serve God, Christ is the example for serving God. Now, people have served, tried to serve God according to their own understanding, according to what they perceive to be maybe the demands of God. But you see, there is no service after Jesus served God and finished serving God and God was pleased with his service. God said, now hear ye him. In other words, there is no other service that God will accept if it is lower than the service that Christ is giving. So there is a service that Christ is giving. And so in Christ Jesus, what we actually learn in Christ Jesus is the life of service. That's what we call offering or what we call uh, drink offering or what we call sacrifice. Um, is a lifestyle. In other words, both that service, sacrifice and service is a lifestyle. That sacrifice and service of faith is a lifestyle. And then offering also is a lifestyle. That The offering is higher. You must have been able to do must have been able to do sacrifice and service of faith. You know, in 17, he said, Yea, and if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith. So you must have been able to do the sacrifice and service of faith um, to be able to come to the point where you become a an offering, or what we call, Paul called here, a drink offering. Paul said he is not just doing sacrifice of faith, sacrifice and service of faith, but now he has become a drink offering. He has become a drink offering that will now accompany or that will perfect the sacrifice and service of faith. That is what Paul 
became. That's high. That's high. Those are levels of sacrifice, levels of service. Um, a drink offering is actually that which is poured out unto God. You know, then when I was teaching, I gave us an example of uh, David when he sent, uh, when he said, I desire the water in, uh, uh, from the well of Bethlehem, and then two, uh, three of his uh, mighty men just turned and went to the well of Bethlehem that was a garrison of the Philistines, and then there they were able to get the water. And when David saw it, David said, uh, Far it be from me that I should partake of this. Are these not men who have jeopardized their life? So that, that drink offering is a life that has, has been taken from the owner. And in other words, if I to look at it from the way David put it, is a life that is in jeopardy. Jeopardy means is a life that is already is ready to spend, like we looked at. Paul said, I am ready to spend and be spent. That's a life spiritually. That word jeopardy that David used there was not negative, but rather positive in the sense that I'm saying it. So uh, Paul was saying, I'm ready to spend and be spent. In other words, if we can want to borrow the word of David, we can say has jeopardized his life. Uh, another way to say that has that dead his life. He, might, he has he has come into a place where his life. He said it. He said he said neither count I my life dear to me that I may finish my course. These are levels of sacrifices that we come into even as we we come to the Lord. We come to God. As we serve God. Amen. Praise God. But let's go further today. I want to begin reading from verse 19. Um, but I trust the Lord Jesus to send Timotheus shortly unto you. That I also may, may be of good comfort when I know your state. For I have no man like-minded who will literally care for your state. For all seek their own, their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. All seek their own, not the things that are Jesus Christ. But you know the proof of him, that is Timothy, that as a son with a father, he had sat with me in the gospel. Him, therefore, I hope to send, uh, send presently so soon as I have seen how it will go with me. Hallelujah. I want to stop here because I just want to be able to narrow down on some things that I need to say today by God's grace. Hallelujah. Praise God. Okay. All right. One of the striking things about this particular um, uh, few verses was the faithfulness of a son to a father. The faithfulness of a son to a father. That's the first thing we began to see. Paul commended Timothy. So Timothy was a a, a, as it were, one who Paul could gladly commend because he um, he, he found a son, you know. Um, now, you, you don't understand what the kind of situation that Paul was in that he could make such statements. Now, one of the things that Paul had constantly was the care for the church, you know. Apart from the uh, persecutions and all that, that was happening to him, he cared so much for the church. And then um, that care for the church also was what stirred him up to 
you know, uh, 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 to uh, send Timothy to the church in Philippi. Now, just to give you an example of the kind of person Paul is, you know, I remember in Acts of the Apostles, chapter 20, um, precisely verse 17, Acts 20, 17, you know, where he was talking about that, that where he was, let, let's look at it briefly, Acts 20, Acts 20, 17. Amen. If you're there, just say amen. Acts 20, 17. Amen. All right. Uh, for from Miletus, he sent to Ephesus. So he was he was traveling, and then when he come to the came to uh, Melita, because it's actually Malta, we call it today. He came to the island of Melita, and then he sent for the uh, the elders in Ephesus. When the elders in Ephesus came, look at it, and from Miletus he sent to. Ephesus and called the elders of the church. Now that's how much he cared for the church. He called for the elders of the church. Then when you come to 28, he now began to talk to them. That's I just want to show you the heart of Paul for the churches. And that is one of the reasons why he commended Timothy so much. So um, you can find out the kind of heart he had so that you'll be able to also know the kind of heart that Timothy had. Because if you don't understand the kind of heart that, uh, that Paul had, then you won't understand what it means that he has no one who will naturally care for your state. That's the church in Philippi. So he felt this is the person who will naturally... But, but we need to understand the kind of heart that Paul has. So he sent for the church in, elders of the church in Ephesus. Then in verse 28, he now said, he said to them, Take it... Therefore, unto yourselves and to the flock over which the Lord... Now, if you read it from that verse 17, because of time, I may not be able to read it. You discover that he talked a whole lot to them and how he did not shun to declare to them the whole counsel of God. Meaning, he gave them the whole counsel of God. Praise God. Um, and then verse, verse uh, 28 is now, Take heed unto... Therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock, because that was the paramount thing, unto all the flocks over the which the Holy Ghost had made you overseer to feed the church of God, which he had purchased with his own blood. For I know that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. So you could see, he constantly forth and forth and forth. Both when he is present and when he is absent, he was fighting to ensure that the churches were properly cared for. That the churches were properly taken care of. So with that kind of heart, you can know that it's not everybody that fits into um, that kind of mindset that Paul had, that kind of heart that Paul had. Um, like he said, for all seek their own. Now, that's amazing. He didn't say some seek their own. He said all seek their own. I don't understand this all that he was talking about. But I know there were preachers also in those days. Preachers, you know, uh, part of the problem that Paul also um, encountered was he talked about in danger of false brethren. There were those 
they were brethren, but they were false. And what made them false was their heart, you know. And some of them also preached, like when he was talking about, also some of them preached in order to put him into trouble. Um, so there were so many of that. So when Paul got a, a son that, you know, of course, um, I would say it's not easy because this Timothy was not the only son though. There was Titus. There were also some others. But I just want to show you what he meant by like-minded that will naturally care for your state. So Paul cared for the state of the church. So because he cared for the state of the church, if he's going to send, he's going to send exactly someone he is sure that will care for the state of the church. Not one who will be rapacious. Not one who will take advantage of the church. Not one who will defraud the church. Not one who will be a hireling because a hireling will just leave the wolf, I mean leave the sheep, uh, the, the flock, if there is an attack from the wolf. And or from the lion or from the bear, the hireling will just leave. But he wanted someone who can, and I want to say, challenge all of us, even us as ministers, that this is a kind of heart that we should desire to have. So he commended Timothy. You know, he commended Timothy. You can see it in, uh, uh, um, in verse 23. He commended Timothy for being a son. Amen. A son. He said, but you know that you know the proof of him, meaning he's not just a son that I'm just claiming one to be my son, but he had proven to be a worthy son that as a son with the father, he had served with me in the gospel. He has served with me in the gospel. We, we, we can just check also First Corinthians, First Corinthians chapter 4, First Corinthians chapter 4. We also talked about Timothy, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. For this cause I have sent unto you Timotheus, Timothy is Timotheus, who is my beloved son and faithful in the Lord, who shall bring you into remembrance of my ways which be in Christ. So you can see some of the things that made Timothy a faithful son. He's such that will be able to bring you to remembrance. Meaning that one of the things that Timothy was doing was, Timothy was taking what Paul was teaching and was also emphasizing it. Timothy was just like, you know, I, I, I do, or many of us as pastors do, wait upon the servant of God as our daddy reverend. And then as God gives him revelation as god downloads heavenly things these things we take them and also publish them so publishing them also means bringing them into remembrance he called it into your remembrance my ways you know paul called it my ways now don't be surprised that he called it my ways because it is my gospel in another place he called it my gospel so it is my ways. My gospel will naturally spell out my ways. So you can understand that. He called it my ways. But these ways are not ways outside Christ. I'm going somewhere today. 
It's not ways outside Christ. It's my ways which be in Christ. As I teach everywhere in the church. So Paul was a teacher of a way. A way that is in Christ. Now for him to call it my way. Meaning he wasn't just teaching a way that has not been internalized. Paul was teaching a way that has become a way of life. Another place, we, another way we can put it, that Paul was teaching a conversation. Paul was communicating a lifestyle, and the lifestyle is the lifestyle that is in Christ. In other words, we are seeing that there's a lifestyle in Christ which has to be published, which has to be preached. There's a lifestyle in Christ which has to be made known. So that was what Paul was preaching, and that's what Paul is. As I teach everywhere in every church. So in every church, he was preaching and teaching the ways, meaning the conversation, the lifestyle that be in Christ, the lifestyle that is in Christ. He was teaching it in every church. And Timothy knew about it. So Timothy was a student of Paul and learned. Paul very well. Meaning, when I say learn Paul very well, he learned the ways of Paul. He learned the gospel that Paul was preaching. He didn't just learn it as one who will just parrot what is being said, but it also became his ways, and that is what made his mind to be like mind with Paul. It is the ways that Paul preaching. Which Timothy has internalized. In other words, but Timothy can equally say ways which are in Christ. Meaning Timothy can own it. I want us to get to the point in our lives where we do not just uh, refer to the things that are in Christ or preach or talk about the things that are in Christ, but we own the things that are in Christ. Meaning that we inherit it. Ways are inherited. Ways are inheritable. You can inherit a way. So when Paul my way, it means that Paul has inherited that way. And then if Timothy can preach it or can bring it to the rest of that church, it means that Timothy himself also has inherited that way. So if Timothy has inherited that way, then you can now see why Timothy is like-minded. So if you inherit the same way with Paul, you will be like-minded with Paul. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. So you can understand it. If you go to 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy, just give me 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 10. 2 Timothy 3.10. Hallelujah. 2 Timothy 3.10 began to show us also uh, about this. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Paul, there Paul was telling him, you've known my doctrine. He was talking to Timothy. The things that Timothy came in said, but thou hast fully known. Kai, I like this. He didn't say thou hast just known. Thou hast fully known. He was talking to Timothy. He told Timothy, thou hast fully known. So you can see what brought that kind of mind that Timothy had. Thou hast fully known my doctrine, meaning my teaching, 
which he was talking about there in First Corinthians chapter uh, four, verse seventeen. As I teach everywhere in every church. So there's a doctrine that Paul was teaching, which he taught everywhere in every church. And then Timothy has been schooled in that doctrine. So he told him, you fully know my doctrine, manner of life. So it was a conversation. So doctrine will always give or show a manner of life. In other words, the essence of the teaching is to gender a manner of life. The essence of the teaching of Christ is to gender the lifestyle that is in Christ, which he called my ways which be in Christ. So that's the manner of life. You can call it conversation. And then he began to explain it further. Purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience. Wow. Now, it's, it's wonderful that it's not easy for a man to fully know these things. Paul was telling Timothy, you have fully known. So to be fully know, to fully know is not just to hear them, but you have also experienced them. That you were with me when I was teaching. You heard my doctrine. You also with me when you begin to see, you began to see my manner of life. You were also with me, praise God, when you began to see my long suffering. You began to see my persecution. You began to see my fate, my affliction, and all of that. You were with me. So you can see how he became a son. You know, these days, People would just say, uh, I have a son. Or somebody would say, uh, uh, this is my father. You know, uh, 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 that, that's one of the funny things that is happening in the church that makes me laugh. Somebody would just say, I have a father. And then, you don't buy father with money. You don't, have, you don't buy father with money. You know, what I mean you don't buy father with money, you, you don't even choose who your father is like that. You discover that it's by leading. God knows how he leads. Truly, I wanted to show that. God knows how he leads. You might just think you're, maybe mistakenly you came to that church, or mistakenly you came under that pastor, or mistakenly you came to that ministry. It was not mistake. God knows where your eternal provision, provision for your eternal destiny is tied. At some point, you, will, you might find yourself in a place when that's, season for the unveiling of your eternal destiny or the bringing to you your provision or the provisions of God for your eternal destiny. That season, when it has not yet arrived, you might, be, you might find yourself in diverse places, in different places. But when that season comes, you just discover that God will lead you and orchestrate your path to bring you to a particular place. And, you know, and for some of us, it's... it's Especially when they bring us to such a place, the first reaction when we begin to see the maybe something like patience, the long suffering, the afflictions, the persecution is that we want to run. But those are the things actually that make us to come to the point where we fully know, hallelujah, where we fully know what, 
Paul was talking about, about Timothy, that you have fully known my doctrine. You've fully known my teaching, meaning you've experienced it. And it's that full knowledge, that experiential knowledge of all of these that actually bets a son or will cause a man to inherit the conversation or inherit the mind that is in Christ. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So one of the things I want to encourage us is also for us to allow ourselves to be fully bettered. Meaning you have to come to the place where you fully know. So Paul talked about that with Timothy so much. And I, I want to go further uh, because of time. I want to go further. Then I, I, love, I love this. He said, For I have no man like-minded. I was trying to make us understand why he could talk about Timothy as being like-minded. Now, that word like-minded, I discovered that that is one of the key phrases of sentence that you find in the book, the letter to the Philippi, that's the Philippian church. You find it in different parts of the uh, of of this text. You know, he talked to them about um, in Philippians chapter two, verse five, beginning with, he said, "Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus." So it was issue of the mind, mind, mind. Now, when you check chapter four, verse two, praise God. You you know, all over the place, be of one mind. Mind the same thing. Be ye of one love. So it was one of the major things, one of the major emphasis of Paul in uh, in his letter to the church in Philippi. I, 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 I love what he said in chapter 4. Amen. Chapter 4, verse 2. You know, he said, I besiege your dears and besiege that they be of the same mind. They be of the same mind. Amazing. That they should be of the same mind. I like that. Now, I, I want to perceive that this should, these two people that were mentioned here, we are either leaders or pastors in the church in Philippi. And probably there would have been some disagreements somewhere. And Paul was encouraging them to be of one mind. Because look, that being of one mind is paramount to the unity of the body. Now, please don't misunderstand me. We are all we, we have our you know our preferences, our likes, we are unique in our ways. As even as, as ministers, we don't all minister in the same way. Because we have different graces resting. There is, there is a place for diversity. But you see, diversity does not bring this unity. Diversity that is of the Lord is not intended to bring this unity or to bring dissension. Diversity is actually 
to minister because really the matter is that none of us is complete without the other there in the book of first corinthians uh chapter 13 paul was saying we understand we know in part we prophesy in part so there is no way anyone has a complete understanding of the matter but you see uh, like I said, that in itself does not make for disunity. One, then it also in prophesying, we prophesy or we teach or we preach according to the level of grace that had been given. Meaning that there are portions, proportions of grace. For instance, even when you meet one who is a teacher of God's word and who has the grace to teach, then you now meet another teacher, probably one who had been in the Lord for a very long time and has handled the office of a teacher for a very long time there is no way both of them will minister at the same level of grace. They, they minister proportionally, meaning according to the level of grace that was given to them. Now, that brings me to the fact that sometimes when we hear some things that we really don't understand, um, it's not because, one, I want to say this, we can't even understand, if we know in part, it means we understand in part. Even we can understand everything at once. Some things we need some level of growth to be able to understand it. It's, it's like that with everybody. There are things I didn't understand. There are things I even thought I understood. I could argue with some, you know, bring forth some doctrines, bring forth some things, you know, um, and I thought I understood it. But after a while, you just discover that when growth has added, has been added, when you have grown, you will now discover that, oh, when I was a child, because there was a time when I was a child, I understood as a child, I taught as a child, I was viewing things child in a, with the childlike uh, uh, eyes, judgment, sight, but now matured, that's perfect, matured. When I come to maturity, I now began to see that, oh, the way I was seeing it before is no more the way it was. Now I want you to just look at two people. One is a a child in the gift, uh, the, the ministry gift of a teacher, and one is matured in the ministry gift of a teacher. You know, they are, they are not ministering in the same proportion. And so, one can begin to disagree with some of the things that the other person who is ministering at a very high level of grace is bringing forth. Now, one of the problems about it is that we do not, some, so many times, we do not understand the proportion. And Paul warned, he said, if anyone is ministering, let him minister according to... One of the good things is that you must understand the... Whether you're a believer, I'm not just talking about ministers, even as a believer, you must, un, you must all the time try to not just understand, discern, discern... Do not think yourself more highly than you ought to. 
discern the level of grace that is. I've also find that in maybe uh, believing God for things, you know, exercising of faith for things, you know, you meet somebody who has been, maybe you meet, uh, for example, in Nigeria, we, we have uh, the, one of our, our child faith that you read, and the thing works for him. It works for him. The guy can believe God for the whole city, you know, and it will be given to him. Now, you now meet a young preacher who has just given, uh, who has just uh, 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 come into the ministry, you know, and then he begins to claim the same thing or speak the same way that Bishop or Edith Boy is speaking. Now, that that young man is not, is not, he doesn't have, he's not able to discern the level of grace, the level of faith that, because faith, grace, you assess grace by faith. So if you're, if you're discern, if you have discernment to, to know the level of grace, then you know the proportion of faith. If you don't know the level of grace that is available, you won't know the proportion of faith. So you stretch your faith beyond. Now imagine such a person now wanting to believe God for acres of land like Canaan land. You will kill yourself because you don't have that capacity yet. You don't have that capacity yet. Now I just want, I just use that as an example. Now bring that into the spirit because the way you have landscape in the natural, you also have landscape in the spirit. There are people that also God has blessed with the grace to be able to uh, to mine landscapes in the spirit and bring down treasures. Now, as a young minister, if I don't have that grace, one, I should not try to stretch. Rather, I should one of the things the Lord told me uh, starting uh, NLWC then, you know, said it through a minister of the gospel to me and a precious minister. He told me, he said, um, God didn't call you to dig a well. So I knew that from one said that I was not supposed to be digging a well. <laughs> you don't understand what it means to dig a well. He said, what you've been called to do is to open the well that your fathers have dug. For me, I took it, I put it in my heart. So, I, those who are my fathers, I wait for them. I wait on them. That's what made Timothy a faithful son. I wait on, you know, he said there in that Corinthians, he said, who will remind you? He will remind you of the things which, um, of my ways in Christ, which be in Christ Jesus which I teach everywhere and in every church. So, Timothy as a son was just like what you find the relationship between Abraham and uh, Isaac. Abraham dug wells. The Philistines closed it when Abraham was gone. Then when Isaac came on ground, Isaac did not begin to dig wells. He was opening those wells. What he just did was go back to those places and unearth those wells, remove the dirt that is there, and he removed fresh water began to come out. Clarity began to, you know, appear, you know, and God blessed. God blessed. You could see that one of the things that didn't happen to Isaac was that Isaac didn't need to go down to Egypt. Isaac didn't need to go down to Egypt because Abraham had already gone down to Egypt for him. So he didn't need to go down to Egypt. Now that, that's it. He didn't need to go back to, 
some of those things that Abraham but he also partook of it by simply being under by being simply learning so what he was doing was on or, or eating on eating the well that Abraham has already you know dug with his servants praise God so so also was Timothy to Paul so I was just trying to make us see the, the disparity between in both prophets all prophets are not at the same level of grace the same level of anointing all evangelists are not all apostles are not all pastors also are not it takes time to come into the full measure. Some it, You might not even come because heaven might not release the full measure of anointing or grace that accompany a particular ministry or ministry gift at a particular season. So you might not even come into it. What do we call the full measure of it? There are measures. I just say that to also help us understand that there are landscapes in the spirit which Truths are mine. They mind truths. And when we do not understand it, we should know that what we, we should be humble enough to know our state and tell ourselves what I need is growth. What I need is growth. Be sincere enough to tell God, I don't understand this, but my heart bears witness. Now, when you hear all seek their own thing, it might not necessarily mean that these people were selfish in the sense that they, they we are, of course, there could be some of them that we are taking money from the churches or where they go to minister and all of that, or, or you know, extorting them like Paul talked about in one of, one of the epistles. But one, when he was saying all mind their own thing, now their own thing is the Opposite of the things spiced. There is the things of Christ. Now, you can't come into the things of Christ without denying hidden things of dishonesty, which are your own things. Every man has his own thing. Every man has his own, what you call your own teaching. I meet that with ministers all the time. You hear somebody say, no, I know what I am called to teach. You know, I have my own teaching. This is your own teaching. You teach eternal life. Me, I teach prosperity. You teach everlasting life. Me, I'm called to make people travel abroad. You know, pray for them, for them to travel abroad. I hear all of that in Nigeria. You know, you, you're called to preach uh, faith of the son, faith of the son. I know that I am called to empower saints. To come into wealth transfer. You know, somebody can get stuck to that. That's your own thing. That's your own thing. That is not the thing of Christ. Now, one of the things that Christ does is that anytime you in I, many of us started with it. There was a time also I thought I was a prosperity preacher too. You never believe that. And I, I preached it and it worked. It worked. I wouldn't lie to you. It worked. God allowed, because the days of ignorance, God had winked at. God allowed it. There was a time I thought maybe what I was just called to do was to do, you know, uh, uh, the kind of ministry that will meet need. So, you know, and so every one of us had our own things. That thing I call our own things is actually our own vision. By the time you cross 
into Christ. You can't even come into the things of Christ without those things being arrested. You have to drop it. You go to the cross. They will nail you and every other thing that because that is the beginning of Christ. The beginning of Christ is the cross. Anything that you carry that cannot survive the cross is your own thing. The only thing that can survive the cross is the things of Christ. So, Many a times, by the time we get to the cross, we, just, we are stripped naked. Our gospel, <laughs> you know, everything does not work anymore. Things that we thought we had, you know, a, a, a skill with, you know, it's like it happened to me also. Everything is like the things you thought we are advantaged, some, uh, uh, even you thought we are graces. I'm not saying they may not be, they might not be graces. Some things you thought you knew how to do, you just discover that all of it is like it's taken away from you. And then you are brought into the things of Christ. It's a great privilege. It's a great privilege. It means then you are now being initiated as a, as a, a Levite. A Levite, you still have to journey until you become the sons of Aaron. So they will take away the things of the civilian. You know, was telling Timothy, you know, that you endure hardness as a good soldier. There's no soldier that worried and that entangled himself with the affairs of civilians. Now, to endure hardness is actually what they do. They take your what you call your own thing. They take your own thing. And they take your own thing, not only your own teaching, your own life, your own way of life. Because we've all got our way of life. And most of the time, what we teach is to propagate our way of life. Most of the time, what we teach is to, you know, um, to venerate our way of life. Amen. So, in Christ, is in Christ that they, they, when you meet the cross, as you're coming so as you're migrating, you will meet the cross. Anything that can survive the cross is are the things of man. So when you hear Paul say, for all mind their own thing. I can now understand why he says, all mind their own things, not the things of Christ. Now that all is not talking about unbelievers. Talking about believers, talking about preachers who have not yet come to encounter the cross. Now, the cross I'm talking about here is not the cross at the new birth that, uh, that, that cleansed you and, and all of that. Now, I'm talking about the cross as a lifestyle of sacrifice and service of faith. A lifestyle of sacrifice and service of faith where your life is taken from you. Your life is taken from you when you come to Christ. And that is why anyone who is in Christ, you will always be like-minded. Praise God. Hallelujah. So he was talking up to these two pastors or two leaders, Sinche and Yodias, um, that they be of the same mind. I will have to look up to check what was their problem, why they were not of the same mind. Paul was talking about in Philippians chapter 3, verse 16. He said, Nevertheless, whereunto you have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us mind the same thing. What are we minding? Christ is in Christ that we are all of the same mind. 
Amen. That we are all of the same mind. Let me go further, you know, uh, because of time. Now, the, when you hear mind the same thing, what we're actually talking about here is the mind of Christ. It's simply the mind of Christ. It's simply the mind of Christ. Like, I love that. That they be of the same mind in the Lord. So it means outside the Lord, there will not be the same mind. Meaning, if we learn the Lord, we will be of the same mind. Outside the Lord, Satan makes sure that there are diff- diversities of mindset. Yes, somebody said, this is your mindset. That's my mindset. That's this person's mindset. I understand his mindset. So there are diversities of mindset. But he said, be of the same mind in the Lord. I like that emphasis. Mind in the Lord. In the Lord. You remember in Philippians chapter 2 verse 5, he said, let this mind be in you. First of all in 4, he said, let everyone not look at his own things, but on the things of the other. Look not every man on his own things. Are you seeing it? So, let me put it this way. Amen. Just try to understand me. Now, when they are teaching you, first of all, to be able to come to the point where you will possess the mind of Christ, to mind the things of Christ is to possess the mind of Christ. If you possess the mind of Christ, you will see things the way Christ sees things. You will also care for the church like Christ cares for the church, which Paul also got and which he passed on to Timothy. Now, to come there, the first step, I want to say this. God just showed it to me now. The first step is you will be taught not to look at, he said, look not every man on his own things. I taught it a little bit uh, when I was teaching this particular verse. To not look at your own thing is to not look at your own ability and your capacity and your, you know, to not think yourself to be more highly than you ought to. You know, there's a way you can just center on your own thing. They call it self-exaltation. Self-focus. You focus on yourself. You know, he said, Every man should. So, one, one thing as you're learning Christ, they will teach you how not to focus on yourself. How not to focus on yourself. Those, those are some of the things the Lord will have to teach us. as Growing up as a minister, those are some of the things the Lord had to teach me. Also relating with believers and ministers of the gospel as a minister. You know? So, when I'm listening to a minister, I'm listening to a minister to be blessed. I'm not listening to the minister to check how I can preach better than him or to check what I would do to preach better than him. That's that's nonsense. That's not a good heart. I'm listening to the preacher to be blessed. So my heart has to be open to be blessed. I, I listen to him as a member, not as a preacher. You know, you can listen to a, another preacher as a preacher. No, you should listen as a member. Because you are a member of the body of Christ. And at that moment, the grace that is operating 
or the grace that the Lord has allowed to operate is the grace that is upon that preacher. And is to bless you. So you are to listen to that preacher as a member of the body of Christ, not as a preacher to the body of Christ. Those are some of the mistakes we make that we don't understand. And those things make us look at our own thing. You know, imagine where you're listening to a preacher and as he's preaching, you're looking at your own thing. You're checking him out. I can preach better than this one. Okay. Ah, this guy has revelation. This guy, ah, he's very sweet. Okay, what do I do? How can I, how can I, uh, 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 okay, maybe I can study this, study this part of the scripture very well. Maybe I should go and study the New Testament very well so that I will also be able to bring out things, you know, uh, and so that I will not be looked down upon. That's nonsense. That's nonsense. You're not going to be blessed like that. You're looking at your own things. Such a person, you will never be like-minded like Paul talked about you will never be like-minded you should listen with the Lord taught me that some you know long time ago when you're listening to a preacher another preacher listening with their heart to be blessed understand that I can speak through any minister of the gospel to you understand that I can speak to even the minister of the gospel that might not have your revelation there is also that which I give to him. And one of humility have to develop, especially we preachers, is to be able to listen to those who do not have the level of revelation that we have, but are sincere ministers of God's word, preaching the word of God at the level that they understand. They will answer some questions that even you, the Lord will not give you everything. The Lord will give you, understand it, no matter how powerful you are, revelation, the Lord does not, the Lord will not give you everything. So you have to, so that you can, because the body is interdependent. And it's true. Sometimes when I'm with my uh, daddy reverend, he'll tell me, ah, pastor, that message you preached, I, I was blessed. Me, I used to wonder, what blessed you? <laughs> what blessed you? Because really, what you teach is what I'm emphasizing. No, he said, ah, but the way you taught it, the way you brought it out, you know, even made it more clearer. Now, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, you know, uh, a son to him and a, 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 a very much, very much baby preacher compared to him. But he still listens to be blessed. And, and I love that attitude. I love that heart. And I, I always want to be like that when any other person is preaching. And one of the things that I discovered is that even the least of the saints can bless you. If you listen, if you have... Now, as a minister, don't always think you are always to minister. You also need to be ministered to. You need to be ministered to. I always see myself, I need to be ministered to. Put yourself in that disposition of that. You discover that you will just be emptying and never be refilled. You will never refill. You will just be emptying, giving out what you have, and you will never take. Because you feel you are up to the tax. You know everything. None of us knows everything. Amen. Praise God. So, the first thing they begin to teach you is not to look any man at his own things. Because your own things will bring you to the point of strife and vainglory. Will bring you to the point of strive and vainglory. I perceive that must have been the problem with these two uh, leaders, Sinche and Yudias. Uh, there must have been some strive and vainglory uh, that made Paul to begin to tell them, 
Please be of one mind. Tell them to be of one mind. Amen. So, minding my own things will bring me to the point of strife and vain glory. But, verse 4 says, but, let, but every man also on the things of another, on the things of another, the virtues of another, the grace of another. Now, if I mind that and I learn that, then I will be able to come to the place where I will now mind the things of Christ. Did you get that? So they teach me, first of all, not to mind my own things, but to look into the things of another is a prelude to being able or having the capacity to mind the things of Christ. So you can see how far that Timothy has gone, you know, to be able to mind the things. Well, Paul was saying that I have no other person who is like-minded, who will, who is like-minded, who will naturally care for you. For all seek their own things. All seek their, all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. So there are things of Jesus Christ. There is man's own thing. And every one of us have got it. There is no exception. All of us have got it. But as you're learning, you come to the cross where you are, where they, they strip you of your own thing. And then the things of Christ you will begin to receive. And, and it's receiving and learning the things of Christ that will bring you to the place where you will now have the mind of Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, uh, let me go a little bit further about this mind of Christ. So, when you are saying, for I have no man like-minded. You know, that like-minded is being specific. It's speaking of a kind of mind. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. That mind, uh, is, that mind which is in Christ Jesus contains the things which are Christ Jesus. And that's what will make one a good, a good believer. That will make one a good preacher. Now let me just touch Colossians chapter 3 verse 1. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1. You know. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1. Amen. So you can begin to see the mind of Christ. If ye then be risen with Christ. Seek those things. So they are things which are above. Amen. Where Christ seated. Is seated. Where Christ is. Where Christ seated. On the right hand of God. Set your mind, some translation calls it affection, some translation calls it mind. Set your mind on things above on not, and not on things on the earth. For ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. Hallelujah. I love that. So you can begin to see the mind of Christ. 
Now, one of the things that Paul carried with him as he ministers was this mind of Christ. And anyone, anywhere he preached, one thing he did was to configure or reconfigure minds. To reconfigure minds. Now, is that reconfiguration of minds that will make a place like the city of Ephesus, Diana, to fall? Because the minds of the people had been reconfigured. Now, there is something about the mind that is exciting, you know, one needs to know. The mind plays a major role. A mind, the mind plays a major role in our spirituality. You can't remove being spiritual or remove the mind from being spiritual. That's what the Bible said. To be carnally minded is but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So the mind plays a major role in our spirituality. To be spiritually minded is to be Christ minded. It's just as simple as that. To be spiritually minded is to be Christ minded. To be carnally minded, so you can see the mind is one major factor that will why we what we the first point of taking in and even expression is the mind. What the body is gonna what the body is gonna show for what if you want to understand my maybe my face changes and then maybe my countenance changes towards you. You just need to you can read my face see my face you can know what is in my mind. So my mind actually will show you I mean my face will show you what is in my mind. In other words, what I'm trying to say is that actions are not without the mind. Actions are not without the mind. Actions are with the mind. There will not be any action. There will not be any obedience where the mind is not involved. There will not also be any disobedience where the mind is not involved. So if I'm obeying the law of God, it's because my mind has been captured. My mind has become made, has, my mind has been made spiritual. Then I will obey. Because the carnal mind is not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed can it. So they that are after the flesh, they mind the things of the flesh. They that are after the spirit, which is Christ, they mind the things of Christ. And to be carnally minded is death. So when your mind is carnally wired, if I put it that way, when your mind is carnally wired, what it will constantly, the frequency it will constantly connect to is death. But when your mind is spiritually wired or wired with Christ, what it will connect is life and peace. Because Christ is life and peace. So our mind plays a major role in our spirituality. Our mind also plays a major role in our work with God. Now I'm not I'm not placing the heart lower than the mind. No. I'm only saying that they, even the heart, things that the mind concentrates on, 
for a very long time. There's an interplay between the heart and the mind. Whatever the mind stays on for a very long time will become an issue of the heart. It becomes an issue of the heart. Whatever the mind stays on for a very long time will become an issue of the heart. That's why the scripture was saying, Peter, wherefore, got up the loins of your mind. Got up the loins of your mind. So in other words, our mind has loins. It has belts. Now if you don't got up that belt and tighten it, some things will pass through your mind and get to your heart and become issues to you becomes problematic to you but got up the loins of your mind and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought to you at the appearing of jesus christ amen so your mind you can see like i said there's an interplay within between the mind and the heart and the, the, the heart is where things are stored things of a man are in the heart but the mind is where is the instrument that fetches things is the instrument that fetches things. The mind can fetch things spiritual and store them up in the heart. The mind can also fetch things carnal and store them in the heart. So when it fetches things carnal and stays with it, that mind that is wired. So you can see why God talked about renewing of the mind. When the mind is wired to fetch things that are carnal, that is what it will be fetching all the time. So the person will have a problem with heart. The person will have a problem with walk with God. The person will be crippled spiritually. The person will not be able to make much progress in the things of the spirit. But when the mind is captured and rewired after spiritual things, and I want to tell you how these things are done. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not something that is just done because you attended young believers class, you attended foundation class. No, it takes time. It takes listening. It takes attendance. It takes giving yourself. To the word. It takes commitment to God's word. To the words of Christ. To dwell in you richly. It takes that. And it takes time. For your mind to be rewired. And I can tell you something. When a mind is rewired. It's very very easy to pick spiritual things. Pick the things of Christ. Store them up. To grow capacity. To be able to pick the things at hand. Praise God. One of the reasons also why the mind is very, very paramount is this. That is where Satan attacks. Our adversary, when he comes, it doesn't come, it's only the Lord that comes to the heart. Because he has the key to the heart. He said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man opens, I will come in and I will sup with him. That door is the heart. The good shepherd comes through the door. The thief comes through the window. I always say this. The window is the mind. It's like the mind. The window is like the mind. So the thief comes through the window. So you don't find the... and See, Satan... You know they told Judas. Was it Judas? Yeah. Satan entered him to the, I think that was in Acts of the Apostles, the person that Peter was rebuking, I think that was uh, uh, Simon the Sorcerer, he said, how has Satan filled your heart? 
Now, Satan will fill your heart if he has not captured your mind. Oh, I tell you the truth. He will fill your heart if he has not captured your mind. So, for, 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 for the scripture to say concerning Judas, and Satan entered him. His mind had been conquered before Satan entered. That entering him wasn't his mind. It was his heart. The heart is where the thing is. But the mind is where they have to go through. The access route to the heart is the mind. So the enemy knows that. And so the first point where he bombards us is the mind. Where the pressure is, is the mind. Where the warfare is, is the mind. The battleground is the mind. Where he mounts pressure is the mind. Peer pressure is the mind. Psychological pressure is the mind. Tell me any pressure is the mind. Is the mind atmosphere? He can feel atmosphere with things. What he's trying to assess is the mind. He just wants you to mind it. I'll give you an example. You're in a place and then all you're hearing is music that is not edifying. Bad music. What is going for is your mind. It just wants you to pay attention to it. After a while, when you pay attention to it and you focus on, or focus on it, after a while, it becomes your things. God will help us in Jesus' name. But the mind of Christ. I love this. The mind of Christ. The mind of Christ is the mind that Paul talked about that Timothy was like-minded. So Paul wasn't just saying that Timothy was looking like me, or Timothy was, you know, uh, Paul, Paul was actually talking about that we have come to the same mind. Actually, in the Greek text, he said, for I have nobody who is equal-minded. Isosuchos. Iso means equal. Sukos means soul. Meaning that we are equal soul. <laughs> we are equal soul. Now, meaning that we are, we become the same soul. Now, I'm not talking about soul tie. I'm not talking about soulmates. I'm talking about something spiritual. Leave all those psychological jargon. I'm talking about something spiritual. We have, we can't become, where we become equal soul is in Christ. Because in Christ, there is no Jew, there is no Gentile, there is no black, there's no white, there's no barbarian, there's no Cynthia, there's no, there's no Greek, there is no whatever, wherever you might come from. In Christ is one. So, it's in Christ that we are all made equal. That word equal or iso is also the same root word with one, one, meaning we become one, one mind. Or one soul. So from their expressions of being able to care for the church flows from that from that kind of heart. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. For I have no man like-minded who will naturally, that's what I, I like about it, is naturally, has become a natural because it's a natural state. For all seek their own not the things which are Jesus Christ. May we seek the things that are Jesus Christ. But you know the proof of him that as a son, 
with the Father he had served with me in the gospel. Him, therefore, I hope to send presently so as soon as I see how it will go with me. But I trust in the Lord that I also myself shall come shortly. Praise God. I want to stop. I want to stop here. I hope the, the, this thing is clear. Um, where he talked about, where, where Paul was talking about. Then that's when he began to talk about um, um, our brother, that's Epaphroditus. Uh, uh, that's another teaching that I will bring maybe by next week. Epaphroditus. That's another worker, cold worker. Amen. With Paul. I don't, I, I don't think uh, uh, um, Paul has contrary money for Epaphroditus. What Epaphroditus was, was standing in was in the place where he was a minister also. He was a minister, a fellow servant with Paul. But he also had grace to pray and stand in the gap for the churches to uh, be made perfect in all the revealed will of God. What graces. Amen. Amen. I call it the heart of brotherhood. The heart of brotherhood. Which also springs out, springs up from that same mind which is in Christ Jesus. Are you blessed today? I want to stop here so that we can pray. I want us to just thank God today. Let's bless the name of the Lord. Thank God for his word. Father, we thank you. I pray for everyone pray that a few words that I have spoken, Lord, Lord, that it will be of blessing to them. It will not be forgotten. Lord, a seed it will bring forth. It will grow. It will take root. And it will bring forth even unto everlasting in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray for those who are looking up to you for a miracle, a touch. I ask that the outstretched hands of the Lord will reach them wherever they are, whatever continent where they are, whatever country where they are, Lord, that you will raise them up. Provisions be made for them, even graces be made for them, even in this hour, in the name of Jesus, that their needs be met. Meet them at the point of their needs. Healings occur. Thank you, our Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Shalom. God bless you. See you next time on the Peace to Life. We trust you have been blessed by this message. For more inquiries, please visit www.nlwc.church or call 0909-054-2599. You can also contact us via WhatsApp on 0803-688-4759. God bless you. Oh, by the new and living way, consecrated for the